Before I begin my homily, I would like to offer an apology to all the Michigan fans. <laughs> Yesterday I heard wailing and gnashing of teeth, and I think I knew where it came from. I have to admit, when I was preparing my homily, I may or may not have had the game on while I was doing it. You cannot love someone you don't know. And you cannot know someone really until you love them. And this is really the purpose of dating. Right? When people get to know each other, they're first attracted to each other, but they get to know each other. As they get to know each other, they begin to love each other. And as they love each other, they begin to know each other even more deeply. And if it works out, they eventually want to be with each other for the rest of their lives. And this is something that I know by experience. And most of you who know my story, I dated all throughout high school and into college. I know what it's like to fall in love with someone. I know what it's like to know someone, but then to love them because you know them. And, and then knowing them, you want to love them all the more. And it was in that time when I was dating the girl of my dreams, I came to know who God was in a deeper way. And the more I came to know him, the more I wanted to love him. And the more I wanted to love him, the more I came to know him. And eventually I would break up with the girl of my dreams, not because she became the girl of my nightmares, <laughs> but because I came to know how good God really is. And he was calling me to give myself to him so that I can let everyone else know how good he is. You see, this dynamic of knowing and loving affects all of our relationships, especially affects our relationship with God. Listen to what Jesus says about the first commandment, the greatest commandment in the old covenant that he's reaffirming in the new covenant. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. So he's able to say that because of how God has revealed himself to Israel. Where God revealed himself in the covenants. He revealed himself by rescuing Israel from slavery. He showed his power. He loves them. He revealed to them that all of the other gods of all the religion, all the polyistic, polyistic religions around Israel are incorrect about this one thing. There's only one God, and this is the God that is creator. He's the God above all other gods. All the other gods are false. And that's what we hear in today's first reading, the Shema, right? There is only one Lord. You shall worship him alone. And then finally, we see that this God is asking for complete and total adherence, complete and total love, to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. It's everything. Why? Because he's the foundation of everything. He's the God who created us and the God who redeemed us. If we do not know who God is, we will not love him. And so today I wanna to speak a little bit about what it means to love God with our mind. What does it mean to love God with all of our mind? To love God with all of our mind means seeking to see all, re all reality, everything in this life in relation to God. That means reordering our mind according to what he has revealed to us about himself and about us. And that takes great humility. It takes great humility because we need to be careful not to project onto God our own ideas of God, our own ideas about reality, but we need to humbly receive from him all that he reveals to us. 
After all, what he reveals to us that he is the foundation of everything. Everything that exists comes from him and everything that exists is going to him. It is precisely when we love God with our mind and we order our mind according to his revelation that we begin to see reality as it is. We have a sharp understanding of reality. And that sharp understanding of reality helps us to really see him even more. C.S. Lewis says it this way. He says, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. It works the other way around as well. You ever notice that people who do not love God, people do not worship him, maybe they've fallen away from the practice of their faith. Have you ever noticed that they don't really know who God is? Ask someone that you might know who doesn't believe in God, maybe he's an atheist or an agnostic or someone doesn't practice a faith. Ask him to tell you about the God that they don't believe in, about, about the, the Jesus that they don't love, they don't follow. Just say, tell me about the God you don't believe in. Almost always they will tell you about a version of God that has nothing to do with the God in scripture. They always interpret God according to their own categories. Atheists interpret God according to their categories of freedom and control and the absolutes that they have in their own hearts. They always see God as the enemy of love, an enemy of freedom. People who don't practice the faith, they, they talk about Jesus in such a way that, that is unrecognizable than what he reveals to us in scripture. They don't know what they don't know. Their minds have not been renewed by the truth of God. And therefore they choose not to practice their faith. You see, in many ways, people reject God, not because of who he is, but because, but because who they think he is. And we need to make sure that's not happening in our own hearts, that we truly understand what is it that he's revealing to us about himself so that we might love him with everything we have. So this morning, I just really want to offer two examples of how knowing God helps us to love him. Number one, God is the source of all goodness. Everything good in our life comes from him. And if we don't recognize that truth, then we might be in danger of seeking the things that he has created that are good over and above the creator who is the source of the good. And when that happens, when you place something above God, that becomes an idol. That becomes something that we worship in God's place. As Christians, we understand that we can seek the good things of this world. Why? Because God is, is, is their source. And I believe this is one of the greatest insights or most profound insights of Christianity, is that loving God is not a threat to the things that we seek. Loving God is the way that we secure the, the things that we deeply seek. In other words, it is precisely in loving the creator of the things that we love that we secure our ability to receive the things that he gives to us. And if we don't do that, everything is wiped away in death. So Christianity is a way by which we secure the, the deepest desires of our hearts, that is the objects of those desires. And it's important that we recognize this because sin is basically disordered love. It's basically putting something that is created over the creator. And that disordered love causes us to reject the very foundation of our being. It's a very deadly thing. I don't wanna beat a dead horse. By the way, I don't really like that saying. 
I don't know why horses are dead and why people are beating them anyway, but I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but willfully and deliberately refusing to worship God by coming to Mass on Sunday might very well be a sign that someone is struggling with idolatry. That the things that, that God has given to them, that they're seeking, they're putting above the one who gave it to them. And we need to remind ourselves that the thing that God created that we love is really good and it comes from him, it's a gift. But we also need to remember that thing didn't create us. It doesn't love us to, and it hasn't forgiven us of our sins. And most certainly it cannot save us from death. So as we as Christians continue to love God and to choose to worship him, I wanna to propose to you that a sign of spiritual health is that you're choosing to worship God even when it's inconvenient and even when you don't want to. That's a sign of, of good spiritual health. The second sign or the second example of knowing how knowing God helps us to love him is that loving God with our minds helps us to resist the ideologies of the world. Ideologies which, pre which prevent us from knowing God and therefore prevent us from truly loving. So an ideology is essentially taking a false idea and absolutizing that idea and then seeing all of reality according to that one idea. And some of you might be thinking, well, that's what Christianity is. No, Christianity is true. It's not an ideology. Right, so there are several ideologies that we've been fighting against as Christians in this culture, and some of them more recently than others. The first is materialism. The ideology that says only, thing, only matter exists. The only thing that's real is matter. Notwithstanding the fact that that is self-refuting, this is an ideology that is slowly creeping in in our culture today precisely because we're, many people in the world are trying to build a world without reference to God, without reference to spiritual realities. That's actually the definition of secularism. And if we're not careful, that kind of mentality can seep into our own minds. We have a whole set of realities in our life that have zero reference to God in our consciousness because we live in a world that has no reference to God. So materialism is an ideology that we can see well when we know who God is. The second ideology is Marxism. It's closely related to materialism because Marxist, Marxism is materialistic, it's atheistic. And in Marxism, we see that there's this ideology that humanity can be divided up into classes of people according to power dynamics, according, according to class conflict. It's an attempt to, to address injustice in the world, but it is very wrong, not just on God, but on the human person. Its anthropology is false. And we're struggling with that today as we try to address some of our nation's deep injustices. And finally, we notice that we're struggling up against gender ideology, which essentially says we are not our body. We are different from the body. It says that the body and soul are so separate, so divided that I can define my body according to how I want rather than receiving it as a gift. I am not my body, says the ideology. That's a rejection of what God has revealed to us and a rejection of our dignity of being made in the image and likeness of God. You see, the truth is, if we don't know God, we can't love him. And if we don't know what God reveals, we can't love other people. 
And as we've struggled with these ideologies, people who believe these ideologies will tell us what love is, and that directly contradicts what we believe love is. And if I had more time, I'd go through each of these and show you how, how twisted their view of reality is when you buy into these things. The truth is, is that we cannot love God without understanding what he has revealed. We cannot love our neighbor without understanding what he reveals. And the tradition calls this fides querens intellectum, faith seeking understanding. We believe in God, but we need to understand the revelation so that we can love God even more. And so let me ask you a few questions. How, how do you seek a greater understanding of God? How often do you read or study the sacred scriptures? How often do you study or read what the church teaches? Or maybe read or listen to authors and podcasts and, and commentary and articles and books about the Christian faith? Because to be honest, the, the point is not that people need to become scholars. Now, I have, I have degrees in philosophy and theology. I'm not saying that everyone needs to study and become scholars, but what I am saying is that we need to take seriously our understanding of revelation so that we really want to give our, our hearts, our minds, our soul, and everything we have to God. We need to also be honest with this. Every week, you hear a homily about 15 minutes long. If I go any longer, some people get upset. But if the homily is the only time in which your mind and your hearts are formed according to the truth of what God has revealed to you, and if you're watching hours of Fox News, CNN, right? You're watching entertainment, Netflix, Hulu, and all of these things, watching sitcoms, all of these shows. If you're spending hours watching Michigan lose, right? <laughs> you're not going you're not going to know God very well, which means you're not gonna love him very well. You're gonna hold back. So we need to take seriously this call to study so that our minds are formed because our love follows our mind. We will not love whom we do not know. And we cannot know, we cannot know God until we love him. And by the way, only when we love someone can we really know them. My brothers and sisters, if we want to love, we need to have God. We need to know him and need to understand him. There's a lot more I wanna say about this, but my practical thing I'm inviting you today is you receive Jesus, tell him that you love him. Make an act of faith and say, Lord, I love you with all of my heart, mind, soul, and strength, but I want to know you so that knowing you, I might love you even more. And in loving him, you're preparing yourself to be with him forever.